This is Yoni, and you're listening to Kabbalah Pod. Today, we're going to talk about the wonder of creation. And it is a pretty magnificent thing, in fact. And within that wonder of creation, there's two examples I'm going to refer to. I'm sure you can find more in your own life. But the first one is, with the wonder of creation, just how complex everything is, that it requires a creator, something that didn't have a beginning so that it could create a beginning. Uh, in Kabbalah, we call that Ein Sof, or the, that which is not finite. So, and then in other times, we call it Hashem, or God. It's the same concept. And evolutionists, regardless of what you believe right with evolution, macro, micro, Maybe the better term is an evolutionist, but atheists will say that the universe came not from God. Richard Dawkins talks about this in a Venstein documentary. And he's fascinated in his concept and his approach to this in that he says that the world, everything we have in it, can't come from God. It all has some origin point that's evolved and evolved and evolved. And at one point, Benstein says, okay, well, where's life come from? And some of his colleagues say on the backs of crystals, but Richard Dawkins says, well, this, well, you know, we have these little protoplasm life forms and single cell organisms. Then Benstein says, okay, that's nice. That's nice. But where did that come from? Where's the origin of life? Where's the first step? And Richard Dawkins has to admit that there has to be some sort of higher power work. Maybe it was aliens. Well, if we have aliens, we have the same problem all over again. Where they come from? Regardless of aliens. It's the notion of God. It's the notion of religion that I think most individuals like Richard Dawkins can't stomach. But how Kabbalah presents it is it's that which isn't finite, that which doesn't have a beginning or that which has always existed is what can create existence. And that makes, that that's, that works, that logically works. And I don't think there's much to an objection to that. We know that there has to be something beyond. We know this because of, well, where life began, right? That's the main one. But another one is that in my hands, I'm holding an egg. And an egg is this marvelous creation. You know, the, the, the concept of what came first, the chicken or the egg, we have to say, well, the chicken came first. Regardless of what narrative you believe on creation, the chicken had to come first because eggs are so fragile and not just, oh, I dropped an egg and I broke. I mean, they, they're actually porous and egg shells porous. It allows air and liquids to pass in and out. That's why I can sit an egg out for a long time. It looks as if it's sweating or something like that. And that there's an exact number of pores that the growing chicken side requires in order to develop. If there's too many pores, the egg won't develop. They'll die. And if there's too few pores, it will die. It has to be an exact number. So you can't say that the, uh, I guess maybe the egg could come first in that regard. You, you need to have a working egg. If you have an egg that doesn't work, it's not going to develop anything. But that concept is what we call irreducible complexity. There's nothing simpler than that approach that would work since we need that many pores in order for the egg to hatch. And we can't eliminate that and leave it up to chance. It's irreducibly complex. 
We also see this with basic cell anatomy with the motors, the spin to propel the cells through the body. They didn't have those motors, they couldn't move, and well, we'd be a pile of soup now, wouldn't we? That's your discipline complexity. And so I find creation marvelous in this irreducible complexity that Hashem's created. I find the egg fascinating on that Hashem invested this level of complexity and creative power to something as simple as an egg. We're a lot more complex than eggs, so it makes me wonder how much more is Hashem invested, is himself invested in us and producing something marvelous. And why can't we believe in that too? Then there's another component. And it's the trees is my example I plan on using. Right now I'm sitting and I'm enjoying the nice cool breeze, fall time. I've got trees with green leaves, trees with red leaves, and trees with orange leaves. Trees, some trees have leaves and some trees don't, you know. It's fall, where the leaves change color and they fall, and well, that's kind of what we get. So I find that fascinating because the Kohalets were told that everything has a season. Is that correction? It's either Kohalet or Eichbeck. We're told that everything has a season under the sun. Scripture gives us the word saying everything has a season. We see with the trees that there's a season. There's a season of shedding. There's a season of preservation. There's a season of growth and a season of vitality. And every creation has a season, even our own lives. Sometimes we're close to God. Sometimes we're far from God. Sometimes we don't know God and sometimes we do. Sometimes we're healthy and sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're not. That ties into the marvel of creation. But not only that Hashem created something as complex as a small little egg, but that he also created these seasons to govern and inspire us and tell us it's okay. Sometimes you're in a season that you just need to work through until it changes to its next season. Everything in life is fleeting. Everything in life passes by quickly. Nothing in life is permanent. Nothing physical, at least. We may say, oh, this injury, it's like it's not going to be healed, or I'm blind, and that's permanent. But the fact is, is that after we pass, it's a different story. When we leave this temporary, finite world for the permanent infinite, the wonder of creation is just astounding. And we can take moments like these and we can sit and observe these works, whether you want to be orthodox and say a bracha over everything you smell or taste or whatever, or whether you just want to take in the absolute miracle of it all. And we can turn that into thanks to Hashem. And we can even use this as a form of mindful meditation just meditate on the beauty of creation. That is a core part of what it means to have a relationship with God. It's not just about us and what we're doing day in and day out, but it's also about everything else. How are we even supposed to do to Alam if we don't even enjoy what Hashem has created for us? Have a question or topic idea? Send us your ideas at yedbrick.com slash kabbalah.